Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 276, which we are recording on Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we have a special request. If you have ever listened to our older episodes and happen to be a person who downloads episodes, we are looking for episode 76 and episode 62. Please check your computers or phones if you ever download episodes and if you would be willing to share the file, contact us so we can figure out some way to do that. (laughs) (laughs) We recently were informed by a wonderful listener that episode 62 was missing, which I didn't know. And then this last week or two, Charlene and I have undertaken the large task of moving all of our podcast episodes to a new hosting platform. And that's when we learned that 76 was missing also. So I have not done a perfect job of maintaining our backlog of audio files. So if anyone has those, please let us know. And then we will be back to 100%. Out of 275 episodes, if we're only missing two, I'd say that's pretty good. (laughs) It is pretty good. But in my opinion, I should not be missing any. So, oh, well. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we would appreciate it if you would double check your download platform and let us know. Thanks. And other than that, let's get into it. What are you wearing? I have been wearing my Wishes Cardigan, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. It's from her Interpretations 4 collection and was originally published in February of 2017. It's not one of Hohi's more popular patterns. There are only 375 projects on Ravelry. And... It was one of the first projects I think I knit out of Coast Yarn. And I ended up really loving this little drapey cardigan. Wishes is a very A-line open front cardigan. The fronts will meet if you hold or pin them together, but the increases create these drapey fronts that look really nice just hanging open loosely. And when they do that, they don't necessarily meet in the center. So you wear it a little open. It's got two lines of increases across the sweater, which create little eyelets, which make the bottom of the sweater much wider than the top. Mm -hmm. That creates the A-line shape. And the original version that Hohe made was very luxurious, knit in a 100% silk yarn. So mine is a bit different because I made it from an affordable yarn, Coast, which I use a lot. And Gail and I were just saying, I think it might be one of the first sweaters I knit out of Coast. I'm not positive about that. I'd have to go back and look, but it's quite possible. But that's what I'm wearing. It's funny that you brought that up because I was stocking that again the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's originally designed for lace weight yarn, correct? I can't remember. It's a Malabrigo 100% silk yarn that I've never seen in person. So I'm not familiar with it. Okay. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's lace. And I always am attracted to the lace weight sweaters. So I was stocking that. 
got just figures that yeah. I thought was something you were going to talk about. And I haven't been wearing any hand mitts lately because it's been really, really warm in Santa Cruz and I haven't needed a single layer of warmth. So yeah, I've only been wearing it first thing in the morning when I get up, when we have every window and door open to try to cool off the mm -hmm. house. <laughs> yeah, even then I'm not up to wearing hand knits. Yeah. I'm still in shorts and everything. So I'm a wah wah on what I'm <laughs> What are you stalking? The first thing I am stalking is a pattern by Leela Raven, who also designed the very popular pattern Deshane, mm -hmm. I believe it is pronounced. Yeah. And I have looked at Deshane over the years, and I see other folks who have made this sweater, and I often admire it on other people. And then every time I start considering it, I start figuring out how I want to change it and how <laughs> I want to knit the pattern differently. And then, of course, I hesitate because I I start thinking that, okay, if I'm going to change that many things about it, is it really the sweater that I want to knit yeah. at that point? Yeah. So I've never committed to making it, although I have looked at it many, many times and thought about it. So while I was looking for something to make from that Mad Tosh vintage that I recently liberated from a stale sweater. I talked about that two episodes ago, maybe. I came across a pattern also by Lila Raven called Gabrielle. And it's a top-down version of the Duchesne sweater that's meant for wool yarn. So this one is much more fitting for my yarn. And the only issue is I'm not quite sure I have enough. I'm so close, though. I may be between 50 and 30 yards short. Ooh. I know. Can you make I that know. work? Can you shorten sleeves or something? I think I'm going to try. Yeah. And if it, if it doesn't work, well, it's something I can knit again. But I'm going to study the pattern and see if it will work for my quantity. It's very cute. If you're not familiar with the Deshane pattern... It's a pullover sweater that's knit very, very loosely, and it has a feather and fan panel in the front of the sweater, which is what always draws my attention because mm, I love feather wow, and fan. Same. It's very pretty, and the Deshane pattern was made for the linen yarn, and then Gabrielle is made for wool yarn. The gauge is a little bit bigger, so I think it would work with the yarn that I have because the yarn that I have is it's a larger gauge. So we shall see. I'm excited about this. I am possibility. too because <laughs> I've, like I said, I've thought about Deshane for so mm -hmm. many years. So the possibility of making it is very exciting to me, and yeah. So many of our friends have knit it too, and it's exactly. so beautiful. Exactly. It's, to me, it's almost like a dressier sweater. It is. Very much so. I mean, you could obviously dress it up or dress it down, but it yeah. just, to me, kind of lends itself more to, like, you could wear it to work. Yeah. If so. you wanted to, or out on a date with whoever. So I'm pretty excited about Yay. that one. So Okay. And then the second thing I am stocking, I am stocking wholly for the construction. You know how I love mm -hmm. the unusual construction. 
Gail and I have recently been listening to some of our old episodes <laughs> as we revisit things while we've been in this process of moving our podcast host. And I realized that one of the things that I talked about even 10 years ago was loving unusual construction. Yes, you did. So here we go. So this one, it's a shawl. It's called Circles of Light by Christina Villamate. And this shawl, it has some really lacy bits to it. And I've been making less fussy shawls for the last couple of years. So this one's kind of different for me. But like I said, it's the construction that really intrigues me about this shawl. It is a crescent-shaped shawl. Now, if you, just in case you don't know what a crescent-shaped shawl is, think of a crescent moon, about a quarter moon, when you see a quarter of the moon illuminated. Take that shape, turn it so that you can have one point draped over each shoulder, and that's a crescent shawl. <laughs> yep. Very well described. Yeah. So it's a crescent-shaped shawl, but it is knit in the round. Huh? Mind blown. <laughs> How do you knit a crescent-shaped shawl in the round unless you're steaking it? Okay. Okay. You're going to tell it's, us more, it's right? It's not steaked. Whoa. It's a flat shawl. The pattern says that it's 67 inches wide, which is 170 centimeters, 18 inches of depth, or 46 centimeters. And from the pattern, you cast on in the center of the shawl. So think of your crescent. Think of your 18 inches of depth. Your cast on is about nine inches up. You're casting on in the center of that crescent. Okay. And then you work around with strategically placed increases and decreases to get this crescent shape. No short rows, just increases and decreases? I'm not positive. Interesting. I'm not positive. I did look at the pattern and I saw she has a schematic in the pattern. And the schematic just shows like places where you increase and decrease. But I didn't read all the instructions. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that there's no short rows for sure. Interesting. But isn't that interesting? Yeah, I've never heard of that yeah. as a construction before. So... I might have to knit this one just for the experience of knitting this construction. Yeah, it because I think it's very interesting. Like I said, I don't know if I'm interested in the lacy bits. I may just knit it to figure out the construction. We'll see. Was it knit in a tonal or a? It was knit solid? in a solid yarn. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine what the yarn would look like if it wasn't small tonal changes i mean if there were like big changes in the colors i wonder how, how it would, would it look. strike yeah. or how would the color exactly it kind of reminds me of knitting a mobius cowl that you knit from the center out interesting interesting, interesting. yes exactly so the pattern is written takes approximately 600 yards of yarn and I'm just intrigued. So am I so. now. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Circles of Light by Christina Villamite. And I'm not sure if this is a construction that she uses for other patterns as well, or if this is the single pattern. 
And then the last thing I am stocking is another shawl made by or designed by Suzanne Summer, who is the designer of the hoodie shawl cardigan. <laughs> You're stocking travel mode, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> so am I. You are too? Okay. So Gail and I will both have something to say about this. This one, it's a rectangular shawl with seamless modular construction and it has a very colorful graphic that creates a herringbone pattern is what she calls it and it's knit in garter with stockinette details and an i-cord finish and travel mode 2 is very similar mm -hmm. but it has eyelet details with the i-cord bind off and garter okay. stitch yeah actually travel mode 2 is the one that i originally saw and i'm not sure what the difference is between the two Do you the know? difference is one of them the original was made to use an advent calendar that had a, one full skein and nine contrasting colors that were the advents that you opened on individual days the second one is one main color and four contrasting colors and these are big users of yardage so the one with the advent calendar which I think is travel mode without the numbers, mm -hmm. 1,661 yards. Travel mode 2.0, 1,836 yards. Mm. So five full skeins of yarn for that second one. Mm, wow. Yeah, lots of yarn. But <laughs> I have a confession to make. So two of our friends are yarn dyers, newer yarn dyers, Barbara and Tess. And they're both doing advent calendars this year. And I've never purchased an advent calendar, but I'm doing both of theirs this year because I can't resist. I want to see their pretty, pretty yarns. Yeah. And when I saw Travel Mode 2.0 and then read through it and saw there was a Travel oh, Mode original yeah. that was from an advent calendar, I got really, really excited. Yay. So That's I'm, awesome. yes, going to use an actual advent calendar to knit the original travel That's mode. That's very happy. I I'm like that. super happy about I like it. That. I'm and glad you did that because I knew you had been waffling, thinking about uh -huh. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of surprise yarn in general. So advent calendars have always been kind of an eh for me, but these two have some beautiful dyeing skills already. Yeah. And I will put links to both of their shops in the show or in the Ravelry Excellent. thread for Excellent. this episode because they're both on Instagram. I know that Tess also has an online shop. One of them is in Sweden and one of them is in Australia. So I'll put their details yes, in the thread. Excellent. Excellent. And then I wanted to mention one more thing. I love that in the pattern photos on Ravelry, she has a little line drawing of the graphics of the shawl. So you can basically print that out and then color pencil in your mm -hmm. colors to audition different yarns <laughs> yeah it's a good idea and i should also mention that she did describe i think this was the description on travel mode without the numbers that you could do it two ways you could do it knitting from one end to the middle and then mirroring the other side or the other way you could knit it from the bottom to the middle and then mirror oh I so see. they were either yes. from the from the end in or from the bottom up yes so yeah. interesting construction it, same, it sounds like same too. or mirrored yeah well it's mirrored either way it's either mirrored on the lengthwise or on the width -wise. okay got it so got it. she said that there were two journeys you could take yeah so <laughs> i like that yeah i like that 
So thank you for helping me with travel mode. You're welcome. 2.0 by Suzanne Summer. <laughs> what else have you been stocking? Well, one of the other things that I've been stocking, as soon as I saw it in Hot Right Now or, or wherever I first saw it, I texted to Charlene and I said, oh, I love this so much. It's called Volia Blouse. And I may be mispronouncing that. It's spelled V-O-L-I-A. And it's a Ukrainian word. And I'm going to read the description. It says, one single Ukrainian word with so many important, powerful meanings. It means willpower, self-control, a desire and a right to act at one's discretion, but most importantly, it means freedom and independence. And her description goes on to include more interesting information. She described herself as a proud Ukrainian living in the Netherlands. So with that description, I will now describe the sweater. It's knit top down with a circular yoke, and it's knit with two yarns held doubled. It's a lace and a silk mohair lace held doubled. And she calls that a fingering weight. So you could substitute fingering. And I know Charlene was saying coast might be a really good yarn for this one. It starts with a pico hem at the collar that you turn down and knit together to form a channel for it's, it doesn't look like it's I-cord that she uses, but it's yarn that then has tassels at the end for a draw cord at the collar. It has slight A-line shaping, it looks like. And then there's a beautiful lace detail at the bottom of the hem and the bottom of the cuffs. And then there's a pico bind off at the bottom of the hem and cuffs. And it looks light and airy and still delicate and feminine and kind of like a prairie blouse Mm-hmm. is kind of how I would describe it. Yeah. And I wanted to add that she has in the pattern page that 15% of all the sales profits in August will go towards a charity helping hospitals in the east of Ukraine buy the necessary medical equipment. So it has some good charity benefits to it, which I didn't know that until just now. Mm -hmm. And that means that I will buy the pattern this <laughs> month because it's definitely something that I want to knit. It's really cute. It's very it pretty. Is. So again, that's the Volia blouse. And I should have mentioned that the designer's name is Teti Lutsek. And then the third thing that I'm stocking is called the Classic Smocking Cardigan. And it's by the designer Petit Knit. And this is not a new pattern. It's from August of 2017. And I don't know how it crossed my radar, but it's really cute. It's a cardi with buttons, so it's meant to be closed. It's knit from the bottom up in DK weight yarn, which for me instantly meant that I could use lace or fingering held with lace mohair to mm -hmm. get DK gauge. Yeah. It's raglan shaped and it has a smock stitch on the front and backs but not the sleeves. So the sleeves are plain stockinette and the sizes of this one. So she lists small through extra, extra large, but there are five sizes and she gives the bust circumference in centimeters, 87 centimeters to 114. So I wouldn't call this a size inclusive pattern, but the viol the Volia blouse, I forgot to mention that that comes in nine sizes that range from 95 to 175 centimeters or 37 and a half to 69 inches, which includes eight inches of positive ease. Oh, that's a nice range. So yeah, that's a pretty good one. This one again is the classic smocking cardigan by Petite Knit. So what are you knitting? First thing on my needles is my 
Zephyr Pullover, which is a design by Celia McAdams Cahill. This is a pullover version of her Zephyr Cardigan, which is a raglan sleeved cardigan with a lace pattern along the front edges. And the pullover has the lace panel in the front. And I also have a few stripes of color in the yoke on my version. Stripes are optional, but I thought it gave it a little bit of a sporty spice look. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And this one is going to be a pattern that Celia has for the attendees of our Knockers retreat for the Knockers event in 2023. But she's going to release the pattern once we have a solid list of attendees this year so that everybody who wants to make it to bring or wear to the retreat can do that. So I have knit the yoke. I have knit a couple of inches past the sleeve divide because it's knit top down. So I'm on the easy knitting in the round, so to speak. Mm -hmm. All there is is just zoom, zoom in the round and do my little lace panel every time I come around to it. And then I'm going to also knit my sleeves down. So fairly easy knitting at this point, which I am thoroughly enjoying. And second thing on my needles is a hat. It's by Petite Knit. You had mentioned Petite Knit. And of course, of I have course. A, a mention or some connection to it as it wouldn't well. wouldn't be us if that wasn't happening. Yes, exactly. So the pattern is called the Anchor Hat. And Anchor is a series of patterns that she has. I don't know how many she has, but I know there is a T. There is, I believe, a long sleeve pullover. There might even be cardigan. I just know she has several versions of garments under this anchor subtitle kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And I am knitting mine in Hedgehog Fibers Tweedy. And Gail and I wanted to talk a little bit about this yarn because it is a sample that we received from Jimmy Bean's Wool and It's an interesting collaboration between Hedgehog Fibers and Madeline Tosh because the fiber content of this yarn is 50% Falkland Merino wool, 37.5% recycled wool, and 12.5% Madeline Tosh thread waste. (laughs) Which they're also calling unicorn sprinkles. Yes, that's true. (laughs) That's true. And it's very interesting because the thread waste, how it is used, it's just little tiny pieces of yarn that are sprinkled throughout the spun yarn. And it's called Tweedy because it somewhat looks like a tweed once you've knit up this fabric. You have all these little speckles of different colors. Very bright to not as bright speckles yeah all all different colors i kind of imagine it's all the thread waste that comes from cleaning out the machinery and sweeping the floor (laughs) i mean it's meant to be recycled stuff so i think that's all great and i think hedgehog fibers tweedy is the same thing there are other two main colors 
that aren't Madeline Tosh use their own thread waste. Oh, that's why I've heard of this before. I thought I had seen this previously to this collaboration that they're doing. I see. So they've done it before, but now they're doing it with Madeline Tosh thread waste. Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, so this collaboration, there's only two colors. I have a pale blue, and Gail has a, I think they call it a creamy yellow. They said creamy yellow, but on their website, it's actually listed as green. Oh, So they call it Dreaming in Light, and it is definitely a almost split pea green, but in a nice way. (laughs) It's not quite as green as that, I wouldn't say. It's a really pretty color if you can wear these colors. Yeah. Not my color, but it's knitting up so beautifully. It's very cool the way the little sprinkles, I say, look throughout the fabric because they're so different. There's so many different colors. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the traditional Tweety yarns just have a few colors because they're trying to keep within a palette. But this is just, it's kind of wild. It's anything goes. Jolene and I were discussing this before we turned on the recording. It's not your standard tweed yarn where the tweed neps are part of the yarn. Even if you've ever knit with a tweed, you know you can pull those neps out. Mm-hmm. But this is its a lightly spun yarn. It's mm-hmm. not doesn't have a heavy twist to it. And the unicorn sprinkle waist yarn bits aren't as deeply embedded in the yarn as most tweed yarns I've knit with in the past. Yeah, I noticed that too, because when I was knitting with it last night, I cast on my anchor hat, and at the end of the evening, I had a few little tweedy bits in my lap. (laughs) Yeah, some of them are going to fall off. Yeah, and then some of them are big enough that you definitely knit them into the fabric. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of them are probably big enough that they knit into the fabric now that I look at it. Yeah, I've knit a couple inches on the brim of my hat, and most of them seem like they're pretty well stuck in there. Yeah, but it's not superwash yarn, so when you're planning your projects, you want to keep that in mind. I've noticed when I've been knitting with it that it's a little bit thick and thin, too, which is kind of interesting. I've had some spots where it was thicker. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can feel that in the fabric, the ribbing fabric I've knit so far. You can feel those spots. Yeah. So it's very unique yarn. It is. I've never knit with anything like it before. And it's really fun. I mean, the overall fabric is going to be beautiful. I think it would be a really cool sweater. Mm -hmm. The whole look would be really neat. The fabric would be really neat. Exactly. Yeah, it would be very pretty. So you never see another sweater like it. That's for yeah, sure. and you've knit a few more inches than I have, yep. so it'll be interesting to see what this one looks like. And we'll put photos of our projects on Ravelry if you want to see. Yep. And right now, just looking at the speckles, there's like neon pink and neon coral and highlighter yellow and highlighter green, and then there are some pretty yeah. blues and some browns and purples and all the colors of the rainbow. Makes it really fun. Yeah, so that's the Hedgehog Fibers Tweety yarn, thanks to Jimmy Beans. Yeah, wool. thank you, Jimmy Beans, for the, the test drive of the yarn. It's really fun. What else are you knitting, Gail? Well, that one is the Irma hat by Anita Gessinerorska. And that one crossed my radar because several people in our group have knit it. And most recently, Kara finished one, and her she knit with a mohair yarn held doubled with something else and it's so pretty and fuzzy and she put a beautiful (laughs) matching pom-pom on it 
So mine's going to be a completely different look from hers. But the hat is really cool. It has a textured, almost sideways zigzag that goes through it. And I think that's knit with increases and decreases. I don't think it's cabled. I haven't made it that far yet. I'm still in the ribbing. But the top where the decreases happen at the crown is so pretty. So I'm looking forward to this one. And again, that's the Irma hat. And the other thing that I'm knitting is the Rituals Pullover by Hohi Locatelli. Oh, yay! Yeah, I cast it on almost probably the same day we last recorded. And I'm cruising along on it. This one is a top-down circular yoke knit in DK weight yarn. And I'm using Madeline Tosh DK Twist, which is a discontinued blend. And I'm using a tonal gray called Sketchbook. And then you do some stripes with the contrasting color. And for the contrasting color, I'm using Infinite Twist Sock Held Doubled. And I'm using the Frost colorway, I believe is what it's called. And this will be a great Colors of Fall entry because the tonality in the gray, one's a dark and one's a light, are included in both the New York and London classic colors. I, I think chiseled stone. Combo. Isn't it pretty? Just love it. I'm yeah. super happy with it. So again, top-down circular yoke, and it's alternating sections of the stripe with the contrast in main color, and then a stripe that is the main color in a lace pattern. And the lace repeat is so easy that I don't even need to refer to a chart, which is saying something because I'm not really good at memorizing lace. And I've split for the sleeves, and I'm probably five or six inches beyond that. I'm short-waisted, so I won't be knitting it very long. And then I'll work on the sleeves, and then it will be done. So it's an easy knit so far. I'm really happy with the progress, loving the yarn. I can't wait to have this one finished. Maybe someday it will be cold enough here that I'll be able to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm knitting, the Irma hat and rituals. We would like to thank our sponsor for August, Jimmy Bean's Wool, who we just talked about with the Tweety, Tweety. yarn. Jimmy Bean's Wool is your local yarn store online. What started as a tiny yarn and coffee shop in Truckee, California, has since grown into three businesses, including Delacue Bags, Madeline Tosh Yarn, Smart Sticks Needles, and 20,000 square feet of yarn in Reno, Nevada. Besides celebrating 20 years in business throughout 2022, Jimmy Beans is excited to share that they're now the proud purveyors of Tweety Yarn, a unique collaboration between powerhouse brands Hedgehog Fiber, and Madeline Tosh. To learn more, head to jimmybeanswool.com slash Tweety. So, and we just covered our review of Tweety. Yeah. And I did also want to say in the little journey that Charlene and I are taking backwards through time in some of our past episodes, one of them that we're going to talk about today it was the first donation that Jimmy Beanswool made to the podcast for a prize, oh, which I wow. thought was, as I was <laughs> listening to the podcast on a hike, I thought, oh my gosh, and they're the sponsor this yeah. month. There's serendipity in that. I just wow. think it's so cool. So thank you, Jimmy. Very cool. You guys rock. All right, what have you finished? So on the Ranunculus watch, <laughs> as of the time I wrote my show notes, Ranunculus was back in the hot right now at number seven. And you guys are so funny. Whoever's been posting in the threads, you know, like, oh, no, yes. Ranunculus yeah. fell out of the top 10 and exactly. they're back. Yes. It's been hysterical. Yes. Love it. So because we had been talking about viral patterns and I want to point out that 
what really makes a pattern go viral, one of the things that really makes a pattern go viral is the fact that there are so many ways to be successful with the ranunculus pattern. You have a very great chance for success with a pattern that is meant to be a looser fitting garment. Mm -hmm. And the fact that any one body could wear multiple sizes of this garment Mm -hmm. and it would still be acceptable. Do you know what I mean? Depending on the look you're going for. Yes, exactly. I feel like I could make a close fitting ranunculus or a very, very oversized fitting ranunculus and it would still be acceptable. I just, you know, I, I would have my personal preferences, of course. But if you look at the projects, there are a wide variety of inches or centimeters of ease mm-hmm. that people have used to make this garment. And the size range is also very large. The size range goes from 46 inches to 71 inches, which is 117 centimeters to 180 centimeters. So I finished the version that I have been working on, which was double-stranded coast. And my goal for this ranunculus was a simple summer shirt. And I definitely got that. Excellent. It's less ease than I probably would have made for a pullover sweater. Mm -hmm. But since this one is a meant to be a summer tee, I made it with less ease and... It's very basic, really quick knit, which is another element of why probably the pattern has gone viral because yep. it's it's knit at such a, a gauge that you can knit it very quickly. Zoom, zoom, zoom. So another another ranunculus to add to the <laughs> growing collection. <laughs> yes, yes. So that is what I have finished. What have you finished, Gail? I finished the 10th row on Josie's sock yarn blanket, so I'm super excited about that. She and I are picking out colors for the next stripe or row tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm cruising on that one because December will be here before (laughs) I know it. Want to get that done by the holidays. Wait, say that again. Do I have to? (laughs) The holidays will be here before we know it. So just a tip, start thinking about your holiday knitting if you haven't. I just, all those Christmas in July things, it's just like, oh. There was a lot of Christmas in July And who wants to think about the holidays in July? But if you're knitting for the holidays, you got to do it. Yeah. Got to do it. And the second thing I finished is my muscle burrup that I talked about on the last episode. And I knit that with the Farmer's Daughter Juicy DK yarn, which was a delight to knit with. And I had one half of the muscle burrup was only the Juicy DK, so it's solid. And then the second half has some stripes of different remnant yarn I had of speckled fingering held doubled. So there's some colorful stripes on the second half, so you could wear it one side out if you're feeling solid and the other side out if you're feeling a little bit speckly. <laughs> so that's the Muscle Burrow by Yasolda Teague. And like I said earlier, we've been having some serious fun listening to some back episodes. I have to say, every time someone pops in and introduces themselves on Ravelry and says, I've been listening since the beginning, there's something inside of me that kind of cringes like oof don't you get sick of hearing our voices i mean oh it must be terrible to listen to us for that many hours but i went back and listened to two so far and they're really fun yeah i have had 
kind of the same feeling because, you know, once we put an episode to bed, so to speak, it's like, oh, there's this feeling of relief. And do I want to go back and listen to it? Not necessarily. No. <laughs> and, and here it is. We've had our 10th anniversary and part of our work for this year is migrating to a new hosting service and part of that has been yeah finding some special little tidbits in there yes there have been lots of have forgotten about and some belly laughs when I turned on this I don't know if it was this episode or the other one that I listened to and we were talking instantly about you loving different construction and I'm just (laughs) laughing out loud thinking oh my gosh we haven't changed in 10 years (laughs) I think it was episode 31 that I was listening to And then you talked about how you were going to rip out and repurpose your pink Madeline Tosh vintage sweater. I was like, she just did that last week. So mind blown. Nothing about us has changed. And we're still talking about the exact same projects in some cases. And it was very funny. We are who we are. We are. We are 100% who we are. So we went back and listened to episode 58, which was what's in your notions bag. And I thought we'd have something different in our notions bags. Do you have anything different in your notions bag now? The biggest difference for me is probably the needles that I'm using. 10 years ago, I was still using a lot of bamboo needles. I'm still using wood needles now, but I've transitioned largely away from the bamboos to different branded interchangeable wooden sets. And a couple reasons for that, the bamboo needles that a lot of the bamboo needles that I had really were worn out. The tips and the finish on a lot of the needles weren't so smooth Mm -hmm. anymore. And secondly, the cords. The cords on knitting needles have really improved in the last decade, especially. And I know there are a lot of folks that use interchangeable sets that really have a preference, for example, for a certain type of cord. I've heard people mention certain branded cords that are their favorite or the only cord that they preferred to use. And a lot of the cords on the old bamboo needles that I had were really stiff <laughs> and icky compared to the ones that are being produced nowadays that are much more soft and pliable. And in some cases, the cords rotate in the fixture that affixes to the needle. That's really, I love that feature. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do too. And not all of mine rotate. That's kind of a a newer feature of some of the cords, but the cords are just so much nicer than they used to be. And I'm laughing because for some reason on rituals that I'm knitting right now, I pulled out one of my fixed cirques from, this might've been one of the very first pairs of needles that I bought because I used it for Ribby Pulley. It's a size seven clover with the fixed thick cord that holds its shape so you take it out of the package where it's been resting for years and it doesn't want to straighten out the way you want it to so you have to constantly rotate it in your knitting yeah i don't know why i didn't use my interchangeables but i didn't and so it's very fitting that you're talking about this right now because (laughs) i have the example i'm pulling them around in my lap right now yeah and i still have i didn't get rid of all of mine you know because knitters never really 
get rid of need. I guess some people do. I should, but I always think, well, maybe I'll want it mm -hmm. someday. Unless they actually break. Yeah. I don't usually give them away. Although I did give my metal ones to my mom because I really didn't like knitting with the yeah, metal needles. I, so that's true. I have de pretty much de-stashed all my metal needles in the last few years. Yeah. But in terms of tools, now the needles are the biggest change, I would say. The pandemic years brought a change, of course, because since I wasn't knitting outside of the house, I had this little pouch that I use on the couch or wherever I'm knitting in my house. And I'm not kidding, during the pandemic years and continuing through today, this pouch has just been crammed more and more <laughs> stuff. Every time I use something, it goes into the pouch instead of being put back or it just becomes something that I use. For example, I in this pouch, I must now have about a dozen different colored pens for my knitting <laughs> notebook. Do I need a dozen colored pens all the time? No. But that's just an example. It, it's just because I'm not going anywhere. So I don't think about keeping it small. So your pouch is pretty big. The one that I use at home in my knitting chair is like a okay. little makeup case size. Got maybe. it. Got it. The ones that I use the most are very small little tins, and yeah. they actually came from like cost plus imports. They were, yeah. they had little candies in yeah. them. I have one that's a unicorn and one that's a minion, <laughs> of course. What else would I have? Those are my most commonly used, and they're very small. So they can hold hmm. a lot of stitch markers, way more than I need, a little tiny set of snips, a darning needle, and there's probably something else thrown in there, but that's about all that those will fit. So they keep oh, me, yeah. they keep it small for me. Yeah. The bigger my notions pouch, the more stuff I'll tend to yeah. put in there. Like, oh, yeah. now I need a tape measure. So yes, I use those to force myself to stay more contained. Although the last, in episode 58, we talked about this and some of the things that I used then, I don't carry around with me every project bag because almost every project bag I have I put a little notions pouch in there mm -hmm. that's the same as that many years ago and they all have almost the same things in them but like you said with the interchangeables I now also have one of those little tools that loosens and tightens oh, yeah. when you change the tip on your interchangeable yeah. so those are always in my notions things too do I remember they're there when I change needles <laughs> no because I always have to open the special little pouch that has them in there yeah. in my little case and yeah, I never remember that they're there. But if it was an emergency in the car and I needed it, I would remember it was there. So, yeah, like you, I also have the little tiny tins or little tiny plastic boxes. I have several of those little tiny plastic boxes that are often sold for crafting notions or knitting notions. Or I've seen them sold as, I think, fishing hook. Oh, boxes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Those plastic ones with the yeah. separate. Yeah, with the little closures inside. Yeah. yeah. So I use, I have several of those, and those tend to be the boxes that I used to put in little project bags. So eventually I'll get back to that once I start more knitting, knitting out outside and about. Mm -hmm. of the house again. But I'm still not doing much knitting 
outside of the yeah, house. Same. So it's all at home. Yeah. Yeah. Not well organized. I definitely need to reorganize because I found that most of my snips are missing, oh. which is very odd. I don't know how they can be missing when I don't go anywhere. I do know that some of my little puppy and kitty snips yeah. just never worked very well. Yeah. So I finally got frustrated and threw them away oh. because they just weren't cutting anything. But I can't find a lot of my snips. Hmm. So I was walking around the house yesterday looking in all the likely places thinking, where did they all go? Yeah. Where did yeah. they disappear to? I know I set up those little project bags and notions bags for Max and their roommates when mm -hmm. I gave them the knitting lesson. So maybe that's where some of them went. Mm. But I did end up ordering some more snips just the other day. So I think <laughs> when they arrive, I'm going to reorganize my little notions pouches. Yeah. Just makes me happy when they're all organized. And actually, that is a good outcome of this discussion mm -hmm. for me too, because I definitely need to just clean out the notions pouch. Okay, so I'm retitling this section to what's in your notions bag to is your notions bag well organized? <laughs> It'll be our incentive to fix them and get them back to their working order so that when we do go out and knit in public again, we have, we can just walk out the door and we know we have everything we need. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to stop and inspect your notions pouch to make sure you have a needle or you have whatever it is you're going to need. I even found chocolate in my <laughs> <laughs> My chocolate never lasts long enough to stay in my notions pouch, so that's not very likely. But I also, the one thing that Charlene brought for me to try the other day that's going to be in my notions pouch is try it on tubing. Yeah. <gasps> I love this stuff. Yeah, I've been having fun with it. It's little thin tubing that slips over your needle and then you can slip your stitches onto it. And so far my experimentation with it has been very positive. It's worked so much better than the previous version from years and years ago, mm. which I did not like no, because that tubing was very thick mm. and stiff and clunk fell off the needles all the time. But this stuff is much softer, very more pliable. pliable. Yeah. And if it stretches, you just snip off a little bit and create a new end. So I'm yeah. liking it. Very excited about that. And that coils up into a little small. Into a little tin. Yeah. So yeah. you can keep that yeah. neatly organized. And it, because it's in its own tin, it's not creating chaos. Right. And, <laughs> with all your stitch markers and everything else. <laughs> right. So those are the only two new things in my Notions yeah. pouch are the interchangeable little tool. And yeah. When you think about it. The knitting tools that we use have been around for so long so and they're they so basic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing I also need to do about organizing is organize my stitch markers because I just throw them in to my little notions thing. And I really like if I'm working on a project, all of my stitch markers to match. <laughs> so I really I should organize you. them a little better. Yeah, I hear you. I know and it's kind of silly, but stitch markers and stitch markers through the years have changed a little bit too because folks, I think now myself included, much more particular about stitch markers that don't snag. Mm -hmm, I remember exactly. when people started making beaded stitch markers, it snagged my yarn all the time. Yes. And now it seems like people are much better about closing closing the rings and or having rings that don't have a closure on them right. at all 
which I am very happy with. Yeah. And speaking of stitch markers, so I always love to have the statement stitch marker for the beginning of the round. Mm -hmm. And then I like the little metal rings with a bead on them mm -hmm. for all the other spots in my yarn or my project. One of my favorite stitch marker vendors is a needle runs through it. Mm -hmm. They're always at stitches when we're there and they have the cutest stitch markers. They have the swear word ones, which I happen to love. <laughs> they have unicorns. They have boba tea. They have themes from all sorts of different shows and books and whatever. And really great selection and they have a lot of cool new tools i was looking on their website yesterday lots of embroidery floss organizers and needle minders for embroidery and cross stitch and all sorts of cool crafty stuff that's just cute and it's nice. all reasonably priced well you know you had me at boba tea i so. know <laughs> i already got charlene and myself the boba tea sets so i couldn't resist i mean that's what we do we drink our boba tea and have a good time knitting so i'm wondering and i know charlene is too if you've listened to the back catalog what are your favorite old episodes let us know because i know a lot of people have mentioned them over the years certain episodes and that you thought were funny and why and now I want to know because I want to listen to them. <laughs> I'm having fun listening to old episodes. So please let us know. And Colors of Fall Knit Along is going strong. We still have until September 20th or 21st. So we've got a long way to go. Yeah. I think we have 11 or 12 finished objects already that are in the finished objects thread. Awesome. So yeah, pretty cool. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up because it's getting really loud here. Yeah. So, so happy knitting, yeah, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.